Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 108 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier from their 2009 album, Everyone on Every Night. Just a great song from a great band. Give them a listen if you get a chance. And, you know, if you're like me right now, you're stuck inside, obviously, with the pandemic going on. So, yeah, give them a shot. You know, you can find them on Spotify or really anywhere you can find music. You type in Pacifier and they will come up. And today, what we're going to be doing is part two of our countdown of the 17 New York Ranger playoff overtime goals that have been scored since 1994. And if you missed yesterday's episode, that would be episode 107. Go back and listen to that right now because that's part one of the countdown. And in that episode, we count down from number 17 to number 10. And in just a second here, we're going to be picking up right where we left off with number nine and counting all the way down to number one, the best New York Ranger overtime playoff goal since 1994. And the other thing I just wanted to mention here at the top of the show, uh, Larry Brooks, who does a great job, obviously, covering the Rangers, sent out a tweet that says, the Rangers have created a policy for the 2020-2021 season ticket payments that include deferral options. Info should be going out to season subscribers this morning. Also, info regarding tickets for remaining games this season. And yeah, obviously, you know, it's important to kind of plan ahead here if you're the Rangers. And I don't know, there might be some people listening to this that have season tickets. There might be people who are thinking about getting season tickets in the future. And obviously, they're kind of coming up with a plan B here just in case uh, we can't start playing hockey anytime soon. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Like I said, fingers crossed that we can continue and finish the season and crown ourselves a Stanley Cup champion. The other thing I wanted to mention here, it's it's actually, so you're hearing this on Friday, if you're listening to it the day it comes out, but I'm recording it on Thursday. I just finished up doing part one of this two-parter, the 17 Ranger overtime playoff goals, and this is part two. And I'm just realizing now it's just kind of sinking in that today, Thursday, is it was supposed to be the opening day for Major League Baseball. And it just it's just sad that it can't happen, man. I, I mean, it's it's 134 right now as I'm recording this. So, yeah, the, the first couple of games would be underway right now. I know there were a couple of games uh, slated to start at 1 o'clock. I know the Yankees, I'm a Yankee fan, they were going to start at 3 o'clock. And it just, it just sucks. It's just too bad that we can't watch baseball and enjoy it together. And obviously, safety comes first. Uh, but man, this this is such this is usually such a great time of the sports year because you know you get the Stanley Cup playoffs approaching. We've got a, a hot finish, an exciting finish to the regular season right now. That's what would be happening. And and same thing with the NBA. You know, you guys know if you've listened for a long time, I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but I can appreciate you know the NBA playoffs just like anybody else. You know, I'll pick it up at least in the the conference finals and certainly the NBA finals as well. But we'd have you know the march to both of those two postseason tournaments. Uh, in full swing right now, and the postseason tournaments will be approaching. Not to mention March Madness. I mean, there's a lot of people who get really, really into that tournament. A lot of people have fun filling out their brackets, and that's usually a good time and a very exciting tournament as well. And then with baseball, uh, again, the regular season would be starting today. And it's just unfortunate because it's such a great time of the year for sports in most years. But we just got to hang in there. Safety first. Just continue to exercise caution. Uh, stay safe. Be smart. Just hang in there. And like I've been saying, you know, we'll all get through this thing together. 
And, you know, it's unfortunate not just for us, for hockey fans, but it's unfortunate certainly for the players as well because, you know, they they pour their heart into this. They leave their blood, their sweat, their tears on the ice every single night. And they all played 70 games this season. And like we just said, we were coming right down the stretch here. It was just about to get, like, really awesome in the NHL season where we have a hot finish to the regular season with, you know, the playoff chase heating up, the Rangers trying to get in there. And then, of course, the postseason, that speaks for itself. It's the best postseason tournament in sports, and it's unfortunate that we may not have it. But it's really tough for the players as well because, I mean, these guys, you know, they play through injuries, the physical and mental grind every night. They put each other through hell on the ice with some of the, the hits that they deliver. And to just kind of have this be a season that's just kind of, you know, lost in time and doesn't ever have a Stanley Cup champion, that would really be unfortunate for these guys. And you really feel for these guys. And, you know, there's some guys who maybe were planning to retire when the season ended. It, it's entirely possible. There might be there might be guys in the NHL who were going to at least get to finish this season, and now they'll never play hockey again because maybe at a certain point, you know, they, they just fall out of the league or maybe it's their own decision. They just want to retire. But either way, you know, every single one of these guys, they're essentially losing, I don't want to say a full season off of their career because they did play a lot of games this year, but they are losing an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup and you only get so many shots at it. And yeah, you know, it's just it's just unfortunate that all these teams, you know, they may not get a shot at it. I'm not giving up yet. I don't think anybody should give up yet. Fingers crossed that we can finish this season. But yeah, uh, just just unfortunate, you know, because this is, like I said, it's an excellent time of the year for sports. And right now, there's nothing to watch except classic content. So I don't know. Indulge in that a little bit. And speaking of classic content, we got to get into this countdown here. Let's go ahead and pick the countdown back up with number nine. And once again, before I introduce number nine here, just a friendly reminder to take a look at these goals on YouTube as I'm going through the list here. That's, I think, the best way to listen to these episodes. And I know a lot of us are stuck at home right now anyway. And so if you're able to, you know, YouTube these goals, just type in the player's name, type in, you know, the opponent, type in playoffs, and it should pop up there on YouTube for you. And like I said, you can kind of just relive these goals for yourself. You don't just have to hear me talk about it. You can watch it for yourself. And a lot of these goals, you know, maybe some of us haven't seen them in many years. Maybe some of us have never seen some of these goals. So a great opportunity to kind of just relive some awesome Ranger moments from over the past 26 years here. But yes, number nine is going to be Derek Brassard. On May 2nd, 2014, and this was in the second round of the playoffs in Pittsburgh against the Penguins, this was game one, and that's kind of part of the reason why it doesn't rank a little bit higher. But yes, game one, the Rangers steal a win on the road, and they go up one game to nothing against the hated Penguins. And kind of a weird play here because... Benoit Poliot has the puck for the Rangers, and he passes to Derek Broussard in front. Broussard puts the shot off the crossbar, but it actually went in underneath the crossbar. And play continued. The ref actually fell down on the play, and I don't think he had a good look at it. So the play continues, and then the puck comes loose to Broussard in the corner, and Broussard passes back in front to Benoit Poliot, and Poliot stuffs it home. So the Rangers essentially won this game twice in the span of about 8 or 10 seconds there. And they did review it because obviously you have to, for, for official scoring purposes and whatnot, they had to review the goal to see whether or not Broussard's shot went in, and indeed it did go in. Either way, it didn't really matter for the Rangers. They were going to win either way. But yeah, uh, for official scoring purposes, this was Derek Broussard's goal. The goal was over as soon as his shot went in underneath the crossbar. But obviously a big goal here. This is going to be you know just a dogfight of a series. You really felt that way going in. The Penguins had home ice advantage, and this gave the Rangers a one to nothing series lead. And as you guys know, I'm a huge Derek Broussard fan, so this was a tough one to rank for me because, you know, you could argue that maybe I have this a little bit higher than it should be because, oh, well, you know, it's just game one. You know, what, what's the big deal? But 
you know what? You got to remember, the Rangers fell behind. They lost the next three games in the series. They fell behind three games to one, and then they came out of it by winning games five, six, and seven to defeat the Penguins, rally out of a three to one series hole. And this is the same season that they went on to the Stanley Cup finals where they lost to the Kings. So when you consider that, you know, this is going to be a dogfight of a playoff series, uh, the, the quality of the opponent, the fact that it's a despised rival, the fact that the Rangers went to the finals and that this was the best Rangers season of the last 25 years. Since 1994, show me a better Rangers season than this, and this was obviously a key part and a big moment in that. So for me, yeah, Derek Broussard right in the middle of the list here. He's number nine for this goal, this game-winning goal, in game one against the Penguins in 2014. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Moving on to number eight. Number eight is going to be Carl Haglin on April 24th, 2015. This was the first round of the playoffs in Game 5 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is the following season after the one I just talked about, after the Derek Broussard Game 1 uh, winner. This was the following season. This time, the Rangers, instead of meeting the Penguins in the second round, met them in the first round. And the tide had kind of turned by this point. By by now, the Rangers were a bona fide Stanley Cup contender. They, in fact, were the President's Trophy winners this season, the top seed in the Eastern Conference. The Penguins had really a down season by their standards, and that might be what prevents this from uh, ranking a little bit higher is just because the Rangers were expected to win this series, and they did. And this was Game 5, and this was the clincher at home in the Garden Basically, there's a shot that goes wide, and Dominic Moore gets to the rebound in the corner, and he's got two Penguins draped all over him. One of them is Sidney Crosby. Moore's basically sandwiched between them, but he somehow maintains possession of the puck for as long as he can. Carl Haglin comes over to help him out. Haglin picks up the puck from Moore, comes in front of the net, shoots and scores, and it's bye-bye Penguins. The Rangers move on to round two. And again, another unlikely hero of sorts here, Dominic Moore, because, you know, if he's not able to keep the puck away from the two Penguins who were on him, then Carl Haglin's not going to be able to take possession of the puck from Moore. It could go the other way. Maybe the Penguins end up winning this one in overtime. You never know what can happen. But it's just another example of how anyone can make a play and be a hero in overtime. And yes, Carl Haglin was the hero. He scored the goal. But this does not happen without a gritty play by Dominic Moore. And the thing I love about this more than anything, Dominic Moore wanted to make a play. He wanted that puck more than Sidney Crosby did. And, you know, Dominic Moore can't hold a candle to Sidney Crosby. I think we all know and understand that. But in this brief instant here, he just wanted to make a play more than Crosby did. So you got to love that if you're a Ranger fan. And Carl Haglin takes care of the rest. It was a point-blank shot. He converts. And it's number eight because, you know, it did end the series. And it is against a despised division rival. So 
getting toward the top half here of the 17-goal countdown. Again, this one is number eight. Just a, a great moment for the Rangers and their fans. On to round two after Carl Hagelin scores that goal. And now we're going to go ahead and move on to number seven. Number seven is going to be Michael Roosevelt on April 29th, 2007. This occurred in the second round of the playoffs against the Buffalo Sabres. The Rangers were down two games to none at the time, and they went home for game three. Uh, the Rangers were the sixth seed in the playoffs this year. The Buffalo Sabres were the number one seed. And you might hear this one and think like, man, I don't really remember that. Why is this one so high on the countdown? And maybe I've overrated this a little bit. That might be fair. But just the fact that the Rangers were going up against such a tough team here, and they had played them so tough in games one and two in Buffalo, but they came up short in both. And just like that, you're down two games to none. So you go home for game three, and it's an absolute must win. I mean, that is a world of difference between being down three games to none in a series and being down two games to one in a series. And so the Rangers absolutely needed to win this game. There was just such a sense of urgency. It was a fantastic hockey game. It was tied at one in overtime. I believe the Sabres scored fairly late in the third period, maybe about like six or seven minutes remaining to tie it. And, you know, the Rangers were swarming. I really felt like they outplayed the Sabres in this game. They deserve to win this game. And there's no way that the Rangers, after three games in this series, should have been down three games to none. And obviously, that just can't happen. I mean, it's never over until it's over, but you're down three games to none, man. You're, you're in a world of hurt. So the Rangers, they got to win this game. They got to find a way to score the next goal, and they do it. The Rangers work the puck back to Roosevelt at the blue line, and he just, from the point, winds up, tattoos a slap shot. It goes into the net. Drew Iron on the play as well. And the sound of the puck hitting the post has never sounded so sweet because it redirected into the net. So the Rangers win this game in dramatic fashion. They go on to win game four at home as well to tie the series at two. Unfortunately, there was some uh, heartbreak to be had in game five. And then also the Rangers, they rally in game six. They were down three games to two at that point, but they fall in game six as well. So the Sabres ended up winning this series in six games. But you know, as a moment, that was just fantastic because there was such a sense of desperation on both sides. The Rangers obviously needed to win game three. The Sabres were equally desperate not to let them do it and to really take the series, you know, by the throat. But the Rangers, they hang in there against a, a really tough team led by Danny Briere and Chris Drury and, of course, Ryan Miller. And they win the game, and it was just a fantastic moment because you really felt like the Rangers had a chance against this team. Ultimately, it didn't work out, but this was obviously a huge goal to get them back into the series. Number six is going to be Stefan Matteau against the New Jersey Devils in the Eastern Conference Finals in 1994 on May 19th in Game 3. Yeah, it's easy to forget about this one because, you know, you hear the name Stefan Matteau and you immediately think Matteau, 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 and, and him scoring the double overtime game winner in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Devils, and rightfully so. I mean, how could any Ranger fan hear the name Stefan Matteau and not immediately think of that moment? But it's easy to forget that Matteau actually was the hero earlier in that series as well. Here in Game 3, this one also went into double overtime. The series was tied at one game apiece at the time. This game was in New Jersey. And Matteau in double overtime, basically there's just a scramble in front of the net. I believe Alexei Kovalov was in there as well, but Matteau's the one who puts the puck home and gives the Rangers a 2-1 to one series lead. And, you know, this series was a war, man. You know, everything was so tightly contested. They were all very low-scoring games, and three games went into overtime, and all three of those games that went into overtime made it to double overtime. And in game one of this series, the Devils took the first game by winning in double overtime on Garden Ice. So the Rangers really kind of owed the Devils one here, and they they 
delivered, and Matteau came through in the clutch, and he puts the Rangers up two games to one. As we all know, the Devils then won the next two games to go up three games to two. We get the Messier guarantee. The Rangers win game six, and then the Rangers, of course, win game seven in double overtime. More on that shortly, obviously. But yeah, I mean, this was a huge goal for Matteau, and the Rangers needed to get this one, and they got it, and Matteau puts them up two games to one in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's go to number five, and number five is going to be Adam Graves in the second round of the playoffs on May 11th, 1997, against the New Jersey Devils. This one is very underrated because the Rangers, like we said, they were the number five seed in the playoffs this season, and they had already knocked out the Panthers in the first round. Now we're on to round two, and we're playing the Devils. Great rivalry matchup here, and... Once again, the Rangers get the better of Marty Brodeur in a playoff overtime game, and once again, it's a wraparound that beats him and knocks the Devils out of the playoffs and ends their season, despite them being the top seed in the Eastern Conference. The puck was played behind the Devils' net, and Adam Graves gets the puck. Scott Stevens is right there. He's a big bruiser. We all know that. He's all over Adam Graves, but Graves, somehow, he gets away from him, and he comes out in front of the net and just flicks home the shot and wins the game. He kind of like went down to a knee as he was taking the shot, but, you know, again, we talked about this in the last episode. This was a veteran Ranger team kind of on its last legs. That team, the 1994 Stanley Cup winning team, the core was mostly still intact, but they were getting older, and this was kind of one last shot to make one more run at adding a second Stanley Cup for that core group of players. I mean, obviously, it was three years later. The team changes a little bit, but you still had Messier. You still had Graves. You still had Leach. You still had a lot of the guys who were a big part of that Stanley Cup winning team, and this was huge right here because, you know, you never know what can happen. I mean, again, the Devils, they were they had the best record in the Eastern Conference for a reason, and you don't want to let them back into the series. And for Adam Graves to score on this wraparound here and end the series and just hear the Devils' home arena just go completely silent, just just beautiful, beautiful. It doesn't get much better than that. Just a great goal by Adam Graves here. And really, one of the more underrated goals in Ranger playoff history, I would say. Now, I, I understand that their season ended in the next round. They were knocked out in the Eastern Conference Finals by the Flyers. But still, I mean, this is this is a, a goal against a great rival and a goal that knocked them out of the playoffs and a goal scored by a beloved Ranger in Adam Graves. So I don't think it gets enough attention. And it's number five on this list. Moving on to number four. And number four is going to be Ryan McDonough, who scored in overtime on May 8th, 2015. This was in round two in game five against the Washington Capitals. This game was played in Madison Square Garden. The Rangers had the home ice advantage in this series, but they were down three games to one at the time. And it was a series that the Rangers, they won game five here with the McDonough overtime goal. They won game six and they won game seven to, for the second season in a row, complete a three to one series comeback. And there is no 3-1 to series comeback here without this goal. On this play, Jesper Foss came up with a big steal in the neutral zone. He moves up the right boards for the Rangers. He passes across the ice to his left to Derek Stepan, and Stepan with a nice little touch pass to Ryan McDonough. McDonough had just jumped off the bench, just gotten into the play, and he just lets it fly, and he scores, and the Rangers win game five here to stay alive in this series. It's now three to two capitals in the overall series, and like we said, you know, the Rangers go on to win game six and game seven, but none of that is possible without Ryan McDonough scoring this goal here, giving the Rangers a dramatic win at Madison Square Garden. And the other crazy thing about this goal, this moment, this game, is how close the Rangers came to being eliminated in five games by the Capitals here. Because if you remember, the Rangers were actually down by a goal toward the end of regulation. There was a minute and 41 seconds left, and Chris Kreider scored a goal to tie the game and force it into overtime. And it was crazy because the Rangers were 
in the process of pulling Henrik Lundqvist. Lundqvist had begun skating toward the bench. He's going as fast as he can to get over there. And as he's approaching the bench, Kreider scores. And without even breaking stride, I remember Lundqvist just put both of his arms into the air to celebrate the goal and then just turned right around and went right back to the net because at that point the game was tied. Uh, but yeah, just, just crazy stuff here. You know, Kreider ties the game and then Ryan McDonough wins it in overtime and once again paving the way to another dramatic uh, series comeback for the Rangers. They were down three games to one. This made it three games to two. Sent the Rangers on their way to, once again, a, a great comeback against the Capitals. We're up to the top three now, and the bronze medal is going to go to Marty St. Louis, who scored on May 25th, 2014, in the Eastern Conference Finals in Game 4 against the Montreal Canadiens at Madison Square Garden. And this was just absolutely huge, because the Rangers had gotten up in this series two games to none. They won both of the first two games in Montreal, but Montreal came back with a very dramatic Game 3 overtime win at Madison Square Garden. So the Rangers now lead the series 2-1, to one, and... We're in overtime again, and the Rangers got to get this one because, you know, we can talk about this until we're blue in the face, but there is a world of difference between being up three games to one in a playoff series and being tied two games to two in a playoff series. And for St. Louis, this is the playoff run where his mom actually passed away, and we, we've talked about this in past episodes as well. But basically, in the second round of the playoffs, the Rangers fall behind three games to one, and then there's the news that, you know, Marty St. Louis' mom uh, unexpectedly passed away. Uh, Marty is able to attend the funeral, and he decides that he's going to keep playing, and he's, he's going to gut it out with his teammates. And the Rangers, man, it was beautiful. They really did rally around this guy. They were a different team from Game 5 against the Penguins on, and of course, they completed that 3-1 to series comeback to take down the Penguins, knock them out, and advance to the Eastern Conference Finals here. Marty St. Louis was a huge part of that. He had been slumping, and when he came back, he really kind of rediscovered his scoring touch. So just a great story. It's just storybook stuff. And on this goal here, it was great because the Canadians, they were close to clearing the puck out of their zone several times. And a combination of Brad Richards, Marty St. Louis himself, and Carl Hagelin, they just would not let them get the puck out of the zone. And there was such a moment of anticipation here because they got the puck to Marty St. Louis, and he's kind of, you know, in the right faceoff circle, but he's got a little bit of a sharp angle, but he's all alone. He's all by himself there, and he's slowly moving toward the net. And, you know, the garden sees it, and everybody, there's like this roar of anticipation. You know that he's going to shoot. And he just roofs it, scores from a tough angle here, and gives the Rangers the win. And, I mean, man, the Rangers just mobbed him. And, and the roar of that garden crowd when Marty St. Louis scored that goal, there was nobody you would rather uh, have scored this goal if you were a Ranger fan at the time. Just such a cool moment for him. Uh, you could really tell. His teammates just absolutely loved him. He was the most respected guy in the locker room. And just, just an amazing moment here and a huge moment in the playoff series because, like we said, this put the Rangers up three games to one, and they went on to win this series in six games in advance to the Stanley Cup finals for the first time since 1994 and if I could just tell a quick story about this goal I was at one of my best friend's wedding and it was a great wedding outdoors beautiful day everybody had a great time the reception was awesome the food was amazing just a really special day for my friend and also for his wife who's also become one of my best friends over the years but the story here is I was attending this wedding with my girlfriend who is now my wife but this game was on the same day of the wedding. And I remember a few of us during the reception, you know, the reception's kind of a free-for-all. You can kind of do what you want. You can dance, you can eat, you can just walk around outside, do whatever you got to do. And a few of us, there was a group of about, you know, seven or eight of us. So me and my wife were there and both of the groom's sisters also snuck away because they're both huge Ranger fans as well. And then maybe three or four other people from the wedding are there as well. And 
we just snuck away, basically. We went to the bar, and we're all just sitting there drinking, and, you know, every now and then we'd kind of peek back into the reception to see if there was anything big happening. But this game was in overtime, and we had to see it. And I remember, you know, they scored the goal, and everybody just starts cheering, and we're all just jumping on each other. And then it's like, all right, let's go back to this wedding now. We, we should get back in there. But uh, just a really cool moment, uh, moment I'll never forget, and just an amazing moment in Ranger history and for Marty St. Louis. Like I said, just just true storybook stuff here. Moving on to number two, and the silver medal is going to go to Derek Stepan, who scored in Game 7 of the Rangers' second-round matchup against the Washington Capitals on May 13, 2015. It just doesn't get any bigger than this. It's Game 7. It's overtime. You score next. You go to the next round. The other team scores next. You go home, and you are done. And not only that... But this was the exclamation point on, again, just an incredible comeback by the Rangers. They were down three games to one in this series. They win game five in overtime. They win game six in a really intense matchup in Washington. The Capitals had a great comeback in this game, and the Rangers just barely held them off in game six. And then game seven, you know, just very dramatic all the way through. The Capitals got up one nothing. The Rangers tied it. We're here in overtime, and Stepan comes up clutch. And he really started this play and also finished it because Stepan took an offensive zone draw and there was a little bit of a tie-up off the face-up, but Stepan somehow, he got the puck back to his right to Keith Yandel along the boards and then Yandel immediately dishes back to the blue line to Dan Girardi. Girardi winds up, he cranks a slap shot, Braden Holpe makes the save, but Stepan is right there in perfect position for the rebound, and he just buries it. And Stepan, you know, he immediately starts jumping up and down. He's getting mobbed by his teammates. The Garden's going crazy. Just an incredible moment in Ranger playoff hockey. And, you know, again, the Rangers, I, I can't emphasize this enough. They were down three games to one in this series, and this is how it ended. And then this happens. It's the biggest goal of Derek Stepan's career. He was so good for the Rangers for so many years. I mean, he was never a superstar, but he was always a guy you could rely on to center your top line or your second line, and he was going to produce points, and he was going to be tough. I think this is the same playoff series where he ended up having his jaw broken in the Eastern Conference Finals by Brendan Prust, and Prust used to be on the Rangers. They used to be teammates, and, you know, they had a moment in the handshake line after the Rangers beat them where it looked like Prust was, you know, kind of apologizing and, you know, kind of wishing him well in the finals. But, yeah, I mean, Derek Stepan, I don't need did he miss a shift? I mean, he had to have missed a shift with a broken jaw, but he comes back with a modified helmet and he just continues playing through the playoffs with a broken jaw. So, you know, Derek Stepan, not the biggest guy out there, obviously, but just tough as nails and coming through with the biggest goal of his life here in overtime against the Capitals, once again, vaulting the Rangers to the Eastern Conference Finals. And again, if I could just tell one more story here. So for this one, my girlfriend's over at my house. Again, she's now my wife, but she was my girlfriend at the time. And my roommate and his girlfriend, who is now his wife, were all watching this game together. They're casual hockey fans, you know, so they had to both be up early the next day. They both go to bed. And as they were going to bed, I'm telling them, listen, guys, you're going to get woken up by me one way or another. Whatever happens, this game's going to overtime. Whatever happens, you're going to get waken up suddenly in the middle of the night. And to their credit, you know, they were both super cool about it. Yeah, you know, we know how it is. And then it goes to overtime and Stepan gets this game winner and I, I just I just yell and my girlfriend's jumping up and down as well and we're just hugging and jumping around the living room and just a great moment. I'm sure a lot of you, anyone who suffered slash enjoyed this game along with us, uh, you probably had a similar moment where, I mean, it's game seven overtime and your team wins. It doesn't get any bigger than that. So yeah, just, just great stuff there. Once again, number two on the countdown. And then let's go ahead and get to number one, and I don't think there was any mystery here. I didn't try to get cute here with the rankings and say, well, actually, this should only be number two or three. No, this one had to be number one. Stefan Matteau on May 27th, 1994, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Devils in double overtime. I mean, how could it possibly be anything else in the number one spot here? 
And this goal has been dissected so often and talked about so much, and everybody does their own version of the the great call, Matto, Matto, Matto. Uh, so I'm going to try to look at this a little bit differently and kind of just try to mention some things that, you know, I hadn't noticed before, maybe you hadn't noticed before. Just try to take a different angle looking at this goal here. So first of all, I don't think Matteau gets enough credit for what a great hustle play this was because the Rangers, the puck gets dumped into the corner behind the devil's net and the New Jersey defenseman, he's got first dibs at this puck. It certainly looks like he's going to get there before Matteau does, but Matteau just goes flying in there. And I don't remember Matteau being a guy who was known for being necessarily a very fast player. I don't think he had blinding speed or anything like that, but he just went in there. He flew in there after the puck and he got it. And then, you know, he's carrying it behind the net and he's actually getting hooked by that same defenseman. I mean, it was brief, but he clearly was hooked on this play. Maybe the refs could have called a penalty, but at the same time, it would have been a little bit of a ticky-tack penalty. And that's back when the refs truly swallowed their whistles in the third period and overtime. Basically, uh, no blood, no penalty. So I don't think that was going to get called regardless. But either way, you know, Matteau fends him off and he goes around behind the net and he puts it in front. It looked like off of Brodeur's pad and into the net, the wraparound goal and, of course, the dramatic celebration. But the other interesting thing I saw uh, watching this back is that Esatikinen was in front of the net for the Rangers. And initially, when the goal was scored the camera went to Esatikinen, and he's jumping up and down and going crazy, just like every other player on the Rangers was. But I just wonder if maybe the cameraman or, you know, the TV production crew, if they thought that actually Tikkanen had buried the shot from in front, that maybe Matteau had passed from behind the net in front to Tikkanen. But that was not the case. Uh, Matteau, again, put the puck off of Brodeur's pad and into the net, and good times were had by all. The Rangers going to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they end up taking down the Canucks in seven games. You all know the rest. The 54-year curse is dead. Again, you know, I didn't want to get cute here. This had to be the number one goal on this countdown, and I just can't wait until we get to the point where we get to add to this list, because like we said, we went from 17 all the way to one, but you know, maybe Sometime in the future, we're going to get Artemi Panarin scoring a dramatic overtime goal. Or maybe Tony D'Angelo. Or maybe it'll be somebody random that we're not even thinking about. Maybe Brett Howden will come through in, you know, a, a game six. He'll, he'll, he'll score game six and advance the Rangers into the next round of the playoffs. You never know what can happen. And that's the beauty of playoff hockey overtime. Anybody can be a hero. And we've seen that through this list, going up and down this list. Uh, just a great collection of memories here for Ranger fans. I hope you guys enjoyed kind of going down memory lane as I know I did. And like I said, I just can't wait to add to the list when the Rangers get their next overtime playoff winner. So when that happens, you guys got to remind me and I'll go back and I'll rank the new Ranger playoff overtime goal into this list. I'll figure out exactly where it should slot. I think it's going to be really tough to top uh, Stefan Matteau. You know, again, conference finals, double overtime, Game 7 against your hated rival, but you never know. You never know what can happen, and we'll keep our fingers crossed that the NHL season can resume, and we'll get our next classic Ranger playoff moment. And, you know, I told a couple of stories, you know, throughout this countdown here of, you know, what I was doing, who I was with, how we celebrated. I want to hear from you guys, man. I want to hear your stories. Where were you when Stefan Matteau scored in double overtime? Where were you when Derek Stepan scored in overtime to eliminate the Capitals? Where were you for some of these goals in the 90s that we talked about? What were you doing? Were you even alive at the time? What was your favorite moment out of all these goals? Which one 
meant the most to you. Uh, I would love to get some feedback. Would love to hear your stories because, you know, that that's what makes it great, you know, enjoying these moments together. And, you know, everybody has a story to tell. So let me know. Where, where were you when all these uh, dramatic goals went down and the Rangers claimed these victories? And more importantly, how did you celebrate it? Want to hear your stories? So let me have it and, and don't hesitate to get in touch. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On NHL. Once again, thank you, guys. I'll see you next time.